Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of that business podcast. I'm here again with my co-host, Anthony Elias. How are you today, Anthony? Yeah, I'm great, Callum. I'm excited to do this fourth podcast now. We're getting the ball rolling and we're going to be talking about our favourite books. So, yeah, how are you? Good. I'm good, thank you. So, as Anthony just mentioned, we're going to be talking about our four favourite, no, two favourite books and then two that we'd like to read in the future. Um, so, so far, we've already done episodes on... Tips of Stain Productive, Motivation, and The Rise of TikTok. So go have a listen to them as well. Please bring us feedback on them as well. That would be great. But Anne, would you like to kick it off with our first book, please? Yeah, so when I'm going to tell you guys like a bit about these books, I don't really want to spoil too much, hmm. especially with the books that I've already read. So I'm not going to give too much detail, but I think I'll give like benefits or kind of value that I got from the book. I think that kind of works best. Yeah. So my first book is Black Box Thinking. And when I was first reading this, the first, I would say, ooh, 50, 60 pages were quite slow and quite boring. So it is a book that you have to read at least 100 pages to know if you're going to like. But after I got past that mark, I was like, yeah. shit, this book is good, like proper good. And it teaches yeah. you a lot of different ways of kind of seeing things and having different perspectives. And I'll give one of the examples they use. So they were basically talking about aviation and healthcare. And in obviously, like if you make if a pilot makes a mistake and say loads of passengers die and the pilot dies, whatever, like the whole of the aviation industry, they, they look at that mistake and they learn from it. They see it as an opportunity to, to grow. And it basically it reduces the chances of another mistake in the yeah. future. And then with healthcare, yeah, yeah, with healthcare, it's like the it showed the complete opposite because it like this book had oh, fuck, I think like 50, 60 different studies, and it found that in healthcare, this is the complete opposite. So a lot of like doctors they spend their whole life working on this one thing and they spend their whole life building up their career, and then say they make a big mistake, like to admit that mistake, you're going to be like, shit, I've worked my whole life for this. And then like, you'd feel like so bad. And that's why a lot of doctors and nurses, they always cover up mistakes or they say yeah. it was like a different reason. And that's why so many mistakes are made in, in healthcare. Well, that's really like, that's very much diverse um, to go into a more psychological theory, the whole idea of id versus the ego. Um, and that's very much them demonstrating the id there, which is kind of the more selfish part. And so they feel mm -hmm. guilt, obviously, in their, what we call the ego, which is obviously the three parts, the superego as well, which is like the balance. So we'd say to that people tend to actually often be more ego-based on, mm -hmm. like, who go into healthcare. But we've found mm -hmm. that often, they, as you said, when mistakes are made, they kind of go towards the more selfish aspect of things, mm -hmm. which is obviously protecting their own backs and not the other way around. Is that fundamentally what you're getting at? Yeah, no, pretty much everything in this book was about just getting rid of your ego. And obviously, like I said, I don't want to give away too much. Like, there's so much in this book. Like, there's so many different types of examples, industries, etc. But, um, yeah, I'll give you guys, like, a quick overview. So, the whole point of this book, in my opinion, is... Well, not in my opinion, I've already read it. So, the whole, like, kind of overview or, like value i got from this book was to see see things different and yeah, i think that's it, really is it possible to have like a little synopsis i suppose of the book then 
and then um as you said also like the benefits from it and also if there's anything you think that why how the reader should take away what notes they should take away that kind of thing uh -huh. so by synopsis do you mean like overview yeah yes exactly okay i can't really give much of an overview because that would be given away a lot like i already gave you the two examples of the aviation and healthcare that, that was a big chunk of the book and it just kind of goes into different industries and see and it kind of analyzes how each industry sees mistakes and how they look at mistakes yeah and the benefits you'll take away from this book is that you realize that you shouldn't feed your ego and you shouldn't be scared of mistakes that's kind of like the benefits I, I took away from it. Yeah. And if you do get that book, I'm telling you, it will take you maybe two or three weeks to read it. I mean, it took me two or three weeks to read. I'm not that quick of a reader. But if you do, I swear down, this will change the way you like see mistakes and, and everything. It's really good. Yeah. I've, I'm, I have to say, personally, I've read it. It's on my list. But I, from what I've heard and, and speaking about it before, I think it really shows the difference between having an ego and then having like confidence in it. Like, so having confidence in yourself and build up your own confidence, but don't let that turn into like cockiness and having an ego. So like be willing to admit mistakes fundamentally. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna kick it off with my first book, which is a book I've actually mentioned a couple of times on the podcast before. It's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So Viktor Frankl is the father of logotherapy. And he was actually, um, he developed a lot of his theories while he was in prison in the concentration camps under Nazi Germany. I think he was in prison in four. And he demonstrates how people show amazing acts of bravery, but also how people just give up. And then he kind of shows, um, he really is a big believer in the Nyschitz quote. Um, anyone who, so any man who has a why can bear any how. That was a bit of a paraphrase, but that's really fundamentally what the book gets at. And then after that, it teaches different aspects of things. So what I took away from it is, um, so from the actual concentration camp area, there's a story. I'm not going to give too much away, but there's a little section when he's talking about being on a march. And they had to march their work sites. And he talked about um, how he was just thinking the whole time of his wife and how like love is like a massive impact on that thing. And then for me, that was like, definitely a game changer. Which I, I really feel like if you have a meaning to your life, it's definitely to love like what you do like your career-wise, obviously love your friends and family, so your personal relationships, love the activities you're going to be carrying out. But it also talks about finding like happiness in your suffering, or not so much happiness, but also like meaning. And that an abundance of pain can actually bring an abundance of opportunity and an abundance of joy in the future. If you really just use it to get through the hard times, to get through to the good times, as you are going to have hard times in life, that's a guarantee, that's part of being a human. So, and that's often where we grow the most. And it shows the difference between those who don't grow in that and ultimately died in the camp, unfortunately. And those who are able to push through it and able to like smash life in post-war Germany as well. And he often talks about how he'd be able to turn like people, like these suicidal victims and in like half an hour or so find their meaning through like, he talks about tragic optimism, which is where, um, you're kind of when you a lot of people are grieving or going through things such as people going into COVID and like the pandemic. So it's perfectly suitable to now. And knowing that um, pretty much not kind of wishing you would end straight away, even though they know it won't. And that's known as a tragic optimism. So you're optimistic for something you know is not going to happen. 
And then you also mentioned how one of the biggest sufferings that a human can go through is not knowing the end to something. And again, that's the same for a lot of people not knowing the end to quarantine. So I think it's highly applicable as well to now. And it's only about 150 pages. I'm not going to go. He's got loads of theories on neurosis. So I won't go through too much of it now. I really want you guys to discover and go on your own journey when you read that book. But certainly the best book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. So I think, were you trying to get out of like the having like purpose in your life? What is that? Yeah. Like? So yeah, if you um, pretty much you're going to, whatever you go through, if you have a why, as Nishit mm-hmm. said, um, he was a famous driver. And I can't actually remember his exact occupation, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Frankel based a lot of his work off him. And then there's, yeah, there's always a different things such as, um, and then like he says how to, there's people have an existential vacuum. And once that vacuum's filled, so it's not so much the pursuit of happiness, but more when you kind of realize what your purpose, you'll find ensuing happiness. Yeah. Just really to find a meaning in your purpose to life, whatever that may be, whether, and that doesn't have to have a lot of money attached to it. And then that will really bring you happiness, which as for me mm-hmm. has always been the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah. I think that is really important, actually. I haven't read that book, but I kind of already know the importance of having like a way to your goal. So having a clear purpose, because if you don't, like any single distraction is just going to put you off course. Yeah, and exactly. obviously you don't want that. And I, whether that's with like business, whether it's with like relationships in life, anything you do, you need a clear vision. You need to have like a tunnel vision. And I think that's what purpose gives you. If yeah. you don't have that purpose, then yeah. Exactly. It's also, he talks about, which should be quite relevant for now as well. A lot of people are also being made unemployed by COVID. And he talks about something called unemployed depression. He used an exact term for it, which I can't remember off the top of my head. But this is where people feel like useless as in not employed, which would those be associated like usefulness in society. So he says that yeah. when you go and volunteer for something, which could be a lot, anyone who's feeling down at the moment once they've lost their job, could be a great idea to go volunteer somewhere. And there's a good chance that you'll be feeling like you're using your time more purposefully. And mm-hmm. therefore like you kind of, your meaning starts to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shall I go on to my second book now? Yeah, go ahead. Ant. Okay. So my next book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. So this book is a really interesting book because it's not like all the other books that when they tell a story, or it's like a novel or whatever, or they give a perspective. It's not that it's only one side to something. This book is interesting in that it kind of takes two perspectives and two minds and merges it into one like story. Mm-hmm. So it was about this kid. He had two dads. So one of his dads was his actual dad, and he was the poor, poor dad. And then the second dad was a friend's dad, but he would always like talk with the dad. He got advice from the dad. And throughout the whole book, he was explaining like the two sides of the dads and he was like contrasting how they think, how they act. And it gives you such a clear contrast between how rich people think, how poor people think. And one of the main things I learned from this book, which is like, it's the first thing that I kind of, that caught my eye. I was like, shit, that, that really is how, how like some people do think. And it was when he was talking about, so say someone wants to get a car, right? The poor dad would be like, oh, I can't afford that. And straight away, his brain would be shut down and he wouldn't think of ways to get it. Whereas the, the, the rich dad, he would be like, how can I get it? 
So he gets his brain working, he gets everything in his brain to, to come to real life. It gets him doing rather than sleeping or whatever. And that's a really important thing. So a lot of the book is about mindset. It's about the way you think. And it's really, it talks about really small things. It's not like the massive things in life. People think that, oh, if you want to make a load of money, it's going to happen like one day. It's just magically going to happen. You're going to start making loads of money. Uh, that's it's how it works. Yeah, it's a gradual process. You've got to learn every single day. You, you've got to become that one bit better every single day. Also, and that's kind of what the, yeah. that's what the book kind of hints at. It's all about mindset and changing. Also, yeah, you don't want to get all your money at once anyway, because then you want, you need to go on stages, like, as Ty Lopez talks about, he talks about going up the belts of, like, financial, so you start at 10, like, start a 1,000, 10,000, and f- go up, up to, like, whatever, 100 million or whatever. So you yeah, can yeah, out, like, how to manage at each stage. Which, if you think about majority of lottery winners lose their money majority of nba players are bankrupt or not bankrupt but broke within five years so it just shows that yeah you need to know how to manage your money and this is really good on teaching financial aspects of things Mm -hmm. yeah no it is really important because um getting money straight away you're not going to go through the process of kind of learning how to get it if you get it all at once number one you're not going to learn in the future how to get it again so if you do lose it for like i don't know for some reason, you're not going to get it back. And if you don't go through the process, you're not going to kind of learn how to deal with each stage. You're not going to learn how to keep it. And that's actually another thing that Robert T. Kiyosaki talked about in Rich Dad Poor Dad. He was talking about there's several several rules for money that you have to kind of obey. Yeah. And some of them were, I don't want to give too much away again, but one of them was kind of protecting your money. And if you don't go through the process of getting money, you're not going to know how to kind of protect it. And there's just like special ways to kind of keep your money safe, like from the law, from other people. I mean, maybe, um, yeah. When we, we should say, when you say keep it from the law, we're not talking about tax evasion or tax avoidance. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about anything yeah. illegal. <laughs> don't worry. Just, just should say that. Everything he mentions as a book is completely legal. It's just about kind of protecting your money and safeguarding it and then building it up as well. And obviously, if you don't go through that process of making it, then you're not going to have the mindset. You're not going to know how to do it. You're not going to, you're just not going to be able to keep it really. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I very much, I mean, this is a book I've often given out multiple times now as a gift. I think it's fantastic. I think it's also worth mentioning that dad actually, his own dad, mm-hmm. was actually a middle class gentleman. He was a government employee, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a situation of being broke, but he was unable to get to the level where he'd actually not have any financial worries. Yeah. He actually told um, Robert to go talk to other, to go talk to the other dad to actually teach him as he was a business owner, whereas he wouldn't personally know or have the answers to Robert's questions. So I think there's also a great advice on um, reaching out to people and expanding your network. Mm-hmm. to kind of find you know, it'll take you a couple of attempts maybe to find the person you need to talk to to really mm-hmm. grow your ability and to be like that mentor to you yeah. so I think that's key as well yeah so quickly the last point I want to say kind of just to close things off of this book is that um, it really it's not all about money so if you're poor it's not necessarily money poor because like you mentioned the, the poor dad in this he was still making a decent amount of money. Like he still had the whole 
family, etc. But he was poor in the mind mm. because he, he wasn't thinking the correct way. And that's kind of what the book kind of gets at. So yeah, if you want to move on to your second book, Callum. So my second book I'd recommend is Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. So what Tim did in this was get around 100 people, 100 mentors from a range of fields. He has athletes, movie stars, businessmen, chefs, philanthropic people. There's your range of people and he's asked them a number of questions such as what book do you read, your favourite failure, and he's your best investment, a range of ones like that. And he's used that to really give you different approaches to different situations. Because I'm a huge believer that if you want to be successful, you're going to have to have loads of different perspectives on how to approach the situation. So if you have the same ones over and over and over again, there will be a fail point for that approach. So you need those different approaches. So this gives you a massive like landscape of approaches you can take from. And it's good as well as he gives a sort of disclaimer at the start that not all of this will be useful for you. Some profiles will be fantastic. Some will be useless. And as I talked about getting advice from the right people, and I feel that as a great way, it allows you to actually know how to filter advice as well and take what's going to be beneficial to you and then also throw out any information that's just not going to be useful. But it also, and then it shows you how to take whatever from a number of different fields and then apply it to your field as well and really how you can cross advice. So, yeah, I think it's a fantastic book. I'd highly recommend it. It's a long read, it's about 600 pages. But it's certainly worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like one of the things you mentioned about that book. So it was about having different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that is crucial when it comes to success in anything, even in life, business, whatever, because you have to go into everything with an open mind. You don't know what's going to work, what isn't. And that's why with like the hundred mental thing, you get to see like not just one or 10 people's like, perspectives or ideas or problems failures etc you get to see a hundred different people and that's quite a big uh, sample so you get to kind of see the different things that people experience and then you can pick and choose what you think will work and yeah, test exactly. out and that's what's really important because like you said i think you mentioned it a few minutes ago you don't know if one thing is going to work for you and that's why it's important to test out because one thing might work for someone but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you yeah exactly and also i think it's key as well this book is it sort of teaches you i feel actually taught me when you need to be selfish in life and when you need to be have a more philanthropic and giving approach because obviously you see people who are maybe taking a more individualistic approach to their life and really use that to drive their success and then people have found like kind of their purpose we were talking about with the man search for meaning in helping others so I find this is just, it gives you like that kind of different approaches allows you to know how to act in a situation, both from different perspectives, but also from different like moral standpoints, I suppose. So yeah, I think it's very good. As I said, highly recommend it. Right. And do you want to kick on to your, or the first book you'd you want to read? Okay. So now that we've gone over the two books that I've already read and they're some of my favorite ones, we're going to go on to two books that I'm yet to read. However, they're in my list to read. And the first one is called Self-Discipline, How to Stop Being a Child and Beat Procrastination. And that is quite a long title, but what kind of drew me to the book was the fact that procrastination is everywhere and we don't even realise it. Like, not just like deciding to lie down and go on your phone for another 10 minutes. That's not, that is procrastination. 
but that's what people think is like the the main one and the only one but procrastination is literally everything like if you decide to do one task over another bigger one or what one that you kind of like need to do now more priority tasks procrastination as well that counts and that's kind of like the idea that kind of drew me to procrastinate the this book self-discipline how to beat procrastination it's the idea that like there's so many things that i do which can be classed as procrastination but i don't even know about yeah and i kind of want to educate myself on what i'm doing wrong so that i can stop doing it and start getting work done yeah, so we talk, we actually talked about in a past podcast, um, getting your tasks done first thing in the morning, the most important ones. Yeah. The whole idea that you might procrastinate up to them then. So yeah. I think that definitely draws into that. But it's also I, this is something I also want to read as well. And yeah, it's just I think that I think everyone does procrastinate in ways they don't even know because everyone kind of, as you said, associates it with going on Instagram for half an hour instead of starting your work or watching another YouTube video or something like that. When yeah. in reality, it could be, oh, you want to do this task because you're going to find it easier than the harder one. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge form of procrastination. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that was one of the things that um, I think it had on the back of the book. It was uh, it could, that the, like the summary of the book. It said how there's so many different ways and types of procrastination that we don't even know about. And if you don't know about something, then it doesn't exist, right? Yeah, so that's kind of like the to you it doesn't exist. So that's kind of the main point. You kind of have to come to a realization and realize that like shit, I really am procrastinating, and I got to like I got to educate myself on how to not and get work done. Yeah, I'd one hundred percent agree with you on that one. Out one hundred percent. Okay, I'm gonna kick it off with my first book, which is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And there's really four. I'm yet to read this, and I'm extremely excited to. So I won't really want to, I mean, fortunately, these ones we haven't read first, we can't spoil. But there's four key components to this book on how to win friends. One is don't criticize, condemn or complain. So it's really always have a positive outlook. Because if you really have a negative outlook, then you're kind of, you're limiting yourself to both possibilities, but also limiting yourself to like possible relationships um, I believe, as I said, we're yet to read this, so we do apologise if we're slightly off at the point. And um, another one is give honest and sincere appreciation. There's a great quote, um, I think it's by Corfus, and I think I, but I could be wrong, who says, um, an, an idiot will get upset if you correct them, whereas a wise man will appreciate it. And I really think that's where give honest and sincere appreciation comes in. Um, there's arousing, arousing other person that an ego you want, and there's also never show others. Wait, never show others that you're not interested in what they have to say. I'm just trying to remember these off the top of my head. Sorry. Yeah, never, never show others you're interested when you're always show interest, basically, because even if you're not interested in something they're saying at that moment, they might have something very interesting to say, like five sentences down the line. And even on top of them, you never know what kind of a value they can provide to you in the future. So don't just write them off sort of thing. I think that's key. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, networking is really important. And the more people you know, the more you're going to earn pretty much. I, yeah. I don't know if that's a quote or not. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've heard that somewhere. But, uh, the more you learn, the more you earn. The, yeah, so... The more people you're gonna know, you're just gonna have more connections. And obviously, the closer 
and tighten knit your relationships are, it's going to be a lot better. Obviously, for everything you do, stay in business. And I don't know, you need you need a supplier in something. I don't know. I'm kind of trying to think of a scenario off the top of my head. Yeah. Say you need the supplier of some sort of product. If you don't have connections, then you're not going to have to, to supply the product. But if you do, then think about it. You're going to have so many different options and different like varieties of products to, to supply because you know the people. And that's kind of just like one example of why networking and having a lot of friends is going to help you. Yeah, um, I think we are actually going to launch a podcast soon on networking in the next few weeks. So please do like subscribe or whatever for that. But I really feel that networking is just key. Was you can't really do it all on your own. And second off, you'll get a massive amount of like favors and benefits from being able to both do favors for people and take favors, as this will allow you to like boost like your kind of advantages you can take from life and put you in better situations than you would be otherwise. As, uh, there's a great thing there's um is it, you're always two connections away from someone useful something like that um someone along those kind of phrases so it really shows you just have to get out there network and also really you have to as anything we say you have to put your skills into actions there's no use us just telling you all this and you're just sitting on it so you need to make sure that you really do take action and on this one, you need to go out and really practice how to actually win friends or not necessarily. And that doesn't always mean like, oh, you're going to be best mates with this person. It more means to be able to provide value to them and then also provide value to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And do you want to go into your next book? Yeah. So the second book that I recommend is called The Compound Effect. And this book, I've had the read of it as well like the the summary of it and it sounds interesting because there's a few things that I kind of I've already learned about compounding and it's the idea that if you're consistent with like improvement growth learning and like gaining new experiences over the long term it will build up so much more compared to if say for one week you're working your ass off you're doing so much work and then the next like two weeks you're not doing anything well so in the long term, if you add small bits and then kind of compound the effect of them, they're going to turn into something much more exponential compared to if you're not. And there's a saying, I think it's improving 1% every single day is going to lead to, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was like a really significant amount compared to if you improve 10% every like several days. We have some more idea of compound interest. Yeah, and that's a great. Um, if you want a numerical advantage, if you got given a million dollars, or you got a like a literally a cent, which doubled every single day for a month, you'd be much better off taking the cent that doubled every day, which you'd have over ten million dollars. So it really shows that, as Ant said, um, it's the idea of kaizen as well, isn't it? Like if you just build up a little bit in continuous improvement will really boost you in the long run as well and give you more longevity and actually like structured process rather than just bump sort of thing rather than it just being there and there being no structure to what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the main point I was kind of getting at. And that's what kind of, again, drew me to the book is the idea that uh, there's certain things that if you learn about, it kind of changes the way you act and the way you think of acting. 
and I've realized this as well with when I read books, when I read like 15 pages every single day, but I'm consistent with it, I finish a book a lot quicker compared to if I read, say, 30 pages, like every like three or four days. You get me? So that compound yeah. effect is so much more powerful. And I know that there's a few theories in this book and a few different like kind of tactics on how to kind of improve faster. And that's what kind of grabbed my eye. Yeah, I'd very much agree with that. I think with all of these ones, these ones are a special pick as well from what could be numerous books. So I yeah. do very much feel that, especially, and if you don't read as well, it's worth saying, um, don't necessarily think you, oh, you suddenly have to go from reading like for one minute, um, sorry, for to two hours a day. Let's just start with like two pages a day. And this is the idea I just spoke about, about compound interest of gradual improvement. And you'll find your reading fast and able to fly through these books in no time. That was definitely the case for me. Okay, so the next book I definitely want to read. This has been on my wish list for a long time, actually. I've been reading other books and I'm just about to get to it, which I'm highly excited for, is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill would actually be, if you put it in today's money, is the net worth, he'd be the richest person ever. And he really thought about that he had 13 principles for growing rich. And these included um, definitely mastering the subconscious mind and the brain. And he also, he really is just about thinking properly and think it is similar to actually, I suppose, on the note to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's really about being organized in what you do and having, as you said, structured process and being able to create like the right scenarios in your head, which you can then bring to the forefront and using that to really boost yourself forward. So, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a key book for me to read and Definitely, I'm sure it will boost my life massively. Yeah, so Think and Grow Rich is actually one book that I've already read. And I can tell you this book is amazing as well because the principles that it teaches are so important and you realise what you do wrong. And one of the actual principles, I don't want to give away too much because obviously you haven't read it and some other people have read it. But one of the things is called auto-suggestion. And this is the idea of using repetition to basically force, if it basically forces to change your subconscious mind. And obviously your subconscious mind is what truly leads you to success because it's, it's what you do without even thinking. And through auto-suggestion, you kind of reshape and remodel the way your subconscious mind thinks. And, and yeah, again, I don't want to give away too much, but... But yeah, so that's kind of the main point that I really liked about that book. Okay, yeah. So we're coming to the end now. So, and do you have any more books actually just you'd like to recommend before we wrap this up? Uh, another book that I recommend is Outliers by Gadwell. I've completely forgotten his name now. I don't have to say his name. It's by Malcolm Gadwell. Gladwell, yeah, I think it's that. It's this one. Gladwell. I'm halfway through it, and I can tell you this book is sick. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, and that's definitely a good one. The other two I'd recommend would be The Tipping Point by Michael Gladwell. And this is that, that main idea of how like small things can make a huge difference, and small changes to your behavior can really, overall, and actually in the small changes in the micro can massively boost you in the macro. And it's definitely key. And the other one I'd highly recommend is Drive 
which kind of gives a different perspective on what motivates us and what boosts us in life. So I don't want to give too much away there, but definitely both of them. So Drive by Daniel Pink and The Tipping Point by Michael Malcolm Gladwell. So it might be the author you just mentioned, actually, for Outliers. Yeah, yeah. The same author, different book. So, yeah, I'd also recommend those two. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, as we usually say on every podcast, um, if you guys could give us kind of criticisms for how you feel it went. Also, if you could leave suggestions for books that you think are worth reading, any we haven't mentioned, that would be highly appreciated. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. And also any questions you have about us on any topic, please let us know and we'll smash through them and try and give you the clearest answer we can. Okay, so thank you very much. I've been Callum Haywood. I've been with Anthony Elias. That's, this is That Business Podcast. And goodbye. <laughs>